this time on No Not the Mind Probe, episode 35, Causation Nation. What's your station? Welcome to No Not the Mind Probe. That's like a jingle, like a little jingle. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. a um, Mary Poppins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, a little animated. No, not the mind probe and whiskers on No, not on the kittens. mind probe, Mary Poppins. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, it's a podcast, uh, believe it or not. Uh, we're watching Rank. Every single Doctor Who story. Purportedly. Ever. I mean, we yeah, talk about yeah, other stuff too. Yeah. But... I mean, you know, but it's it's still in podcast format, whatever. Yes. That um, is true. So we can stick to that. We can definitely, you know what? I'm going to, we can assert we are a podcast. Yeah. The other stuff, just join in and see what happens. I'm here. Uh, I'm a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I'm proud. The rest, rest is happening. <laughs> uh, my name is John Grant, uh, really. Uh, and uh, I am a lifelong uh, Doctor Who fan. I've been watching it for 36 years. My name is Porter Mason. I'm John's friend. He's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for 26 years. I finally said yes. Each episode of the podcast, we'll look at two stories. We're going through the new series in order. And our Doctor Who curator, Samoyer, John, mm. finds a pairing of that new story with a classic story. John, what do we have in store for this episode? Well, Probers have had two weeks to work out the links here. Uh, oh, yeah, so you teased this. had some time to really to get through. Uh, but yes, we uh, we I got my back. thought board up. I got my bulletin <laughs> yes, board up. I'm trying to... Mood board. Yeah. Mood board. Um, <laughs> my mood boarded it, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, we head back to... I circuit boarded. Uh, I didn't know I didn't know what that would do, but I surf boarded. Just board everything. Boarded, boarded it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we head back to ancient Rome to Pompeii uh, for uh, with the Doctor and Donna. Donna's first first real trip in the TARDIS. She's she's done some whizzing around in space, and, yeah. and she she go back and see the spiders get born in the middle of the planet. But, but you know, not not she didn't really. <laughs> uh, so this is really her first big trip in the TARDIS. She heads back to ancient Pompeii uh, for the fires of Pompeii. Uh, so that's the next episode in our fourth uh, fourth series of the uh, the tenth Doctor. Uh, and then we head uh, back to the very um, uh, first, uh, well, actually, I think this is the second season, uh, but to the first Doctor, uh, the, the earliest Tardis team, uh, and to a story, uh, sort of, uh, this one, again, like the early stories had individual episode titles, so each of these are, have their own title, but uh, the overarching title of this one is The Romans. Uh, and again, the first Doctor and company head back to ancient Rome uh, and meet uh, Emperor Nero. So, uh, so, again, tenuous link here. Wait, 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 I just got it. They're both in ancient Rome. Yeah. Well, I did yeah. It. yeah, yeah, that's clever. That's clever. <clears throat> this one was one of the easier ones to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's recap these here episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, what do we got? Good. Fires of Pompeii. This is yeah. season four, episode two yeah. of the new series of Doctor Who. It's a single episode, uh, a lengthy episode, 50 minutes, really, almost. Um, uh, is that a little longer than they've been? Are they all been maybe a little? I feel like they're oh. like 47 or something. Uh, yeah. touch. Aired the 12th of April 2008. As we mentioned, it's the 10th Doctor and Donna's first kind of real deal adventure. It was making me think back to her Christmas episode and just the TARDIS flying around on the highway. What a great, like, what a mm. great scene that was! <laughs> just, mm-hmm. One of my so silly, like that TARDIS flying around <laughs> the highway. I love it. Um, spinning, spinning, spinning. TARDIS. it spins, yeah. 
And we have a special guest star, future Dr. Peter Capaldi. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk quite a bit about that. And um, and let's hear a clip. John put together a clip for this. I might as well play it. He does the work. I mean, I yeah, using Camtasia, folks. Camtasia. Oh. Camtasia. We haven't plugged that for a while, but I used it. And I updated It's an updated Camtasia because I updated it. So oh. it's a new version. So you, you maybe the plunge. you got that little notification that says you should probably update this or else yeah. like, you know, the entire U.S. fuel system will crash. Yeah. And you're like, and like ah, all right, let's do it. Like, it functions and looks exactly the same, but you should update it. And I'm like, oh, OK, you know, reboot <laughs> your entire computer and then you have to log in 37 times to all the various things. And then, yep. But yeah, it's worth it. Anyway, it's worth yeah. it. It's worth so, yeah. it. There you all go. Right. So listen to that. Enjoy this. Folks. Here's the part of the they give me strength. It doesn't allow to me. Is that your opinion as a doctor? I beg your pardon? Doctor, that's your name. How did you know that? And you, you call yourself noble. Now then, Evelina, don't be rude. No, 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 not at all. You both come from so far away. The female soothsayer is inclined to invent all sorts of vagaries. Oh, not this time, Lucius. No, I reckon you've been out soothsayed. Is that so? Man from Gallifrey. What? Strangest of images. Your home is lost in fire, is it not? Doctor, what are they doing? And you, daughter of London. How does he know that? This is the gift of Pompeii. Every single oracle tells the truth. That's impossible. Doctor, she is returning. Yes, who's she? And you, daughter of London. There is something on your back. What's happening? Even the word doctor is false. Your real name is hidden. It burns in the stars, in the cascade of Medusa herself. You are a lord, sir. A lord of time. Ooh. 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 So that is, we got to come back to this. Um, <clears throat> that scene, that bit right there, pretty much spells out the entire season. Uh, they are they are referencing plot points to the entire rest of the season <laughs> throughout that entire snippet. Uh, so yeah, all of the arcs, back. yeah, all uh, she's returning the Medusa Cascade. All the arcs are are in there, uh, which oh, is very entertaining. But yes, uh, and so that's a portentous, ominous foretelling of the future. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, here we are with the tenth Doctor and Donna. They arrive, Donna. They arrive in Pompeii. Nice little vacation spot. But the day before the eruption of Mount Vesuvius, oh, womp, womp. oh well. <laughs> anyway, they find out that uh, the TARDIS has been sold to a, a local sculptor, Lobus mm-hmm. Cecilius. So they go check it out. They go to find him, and then they uh, what's that? They get into that stitch. Yeah, yeah, like, they get into Peter that. Capaldi. They, and they're like oh do the thing where you curse a lot like in in the thick of it he's like no i'm playing a different character i am not please don't yeah they break character and talk to him it's very (laughs) because the audience was expecting it too so yeah so they uh they're also they're followed by a soothsayer by the way in the way Mm -hmm. there so they meet the local auger which was a position i'm not familiar with but he's essentially a a soothsayer and this guy is having some fun with this role yeah. Uh, the the character's name is Lucius Lucius Dextrous. Uh, anyway, but he is just it's very well written. He has cool things to say too. He basically speaks in 
uh, little not riddles, but um, those little couplets of, of in the, the green only the green knows where it may grow or yeah, things right. that sound wise but are pretty stupid. Right, right. they kind of mean nothing, and, and <laughs> yeah. it's fun because then uh, David Tennant sort of goes back and forth with like it, he's well equipped to uh, get a squash racket and, and hit those right back at him. So uh, he's getting a sculpture of what appears to be a huge, it looks like a, a microchip, like a circuit board, and wants to know more about it. And then uh, the the conversation escalates quickly and we get to this moment we just talked about. <laughs> oh, I was just say the daughter of the house here at the sculptor is also, they've been, they tell her, well, she has the gift too. Like she's training to yeah. be a soothsayer as well. And when, as you heard, when they begin, uh, saying their soothes uh oracling uh they they do the surprising thing which it's it's so funny how we think of soothsayers and oracles now in modern times that they do the very surprising things of appearing to say accurate things so it's a very surprising <laughs> moment everyone's like what is going on these soothsayers are actually telling the truth and and so then of course as you say when they tease other things about um the doctor and donna they are listening very closely and trying to understand what's going on um pompey is every couple minutes being rattled by what they what of course the doctor and donna know is an active volcano right next to them but no one in the town seems worried about it and they are they do have these soothsayers here which aren't saying anything about a volcano exploding and whom they trust because they are predicting i think peter capaldi says like they predict the weather to like the minute they predict how the crops are going to go. So they trust them. And so they're not saying anything's wrong with volcanoes. So they're not worried about it. And then a rift into the magma happens and a stone creature comes out. <laughs> like, so that's yeah, typical. Not a great sign. Yeah. Uh, they throw water on it. The sun. I was always waiting for something else to happen with the sun. They They appear to be like maybe you can tell me tell me more if i'm missing something but they, they i felt like they kept hinting that something the sun's going to be very important we're going to hear something about it but he's just kind of around um, yeah you feel like something was left out or on the editing room floor there yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well anyway uh they throw uh, uh the giant scary stone lava creature uh is harmed by water by a bucket mm. of water so mm, not, would. not a great monster design uh if you're if you're trying to sort of savage people Anyway, they go into a tunnel into the heart of Mount Vesuvius, uh, which they they just remark occasionally is like, it's a little hot in here. <laughs> it's like, it would be very hot. It would be impossibly hot. But I just like that they're like, I think uh, Catherine Tate once is like, ooh, little, ooh, little, little toasty. Little little toasty yeah. So, okay. Right. So then this is what I, f I find interesting is that they ultimately get to this point. And, and Donna throughout uh, is wanting to warn people that she knows what's happening. And like, if you know, you don't know the story of Pompeii, Mount Vesuvius erupts and the entire uh, town, it happens so quickly that the entire town is essentially just killed immediately um, or over a very short period of time. And it, you can tour the ruins now and you, you literally see the people they've been entombed in volcanic ash and stone. You can see where their bodies are uh, yeah. at the moment where they're sort of like hiding under a table. They're, they're very famous. Um, uh, uh, I don't even know what we call them, the, the stone like bodies, the stone, almost like fossils of these people. So she wants to warn them. She's like, we're here a day early. Like, why don't we warn them? And the doctor's kind of trying to explain to her, like, we can't do that. We can't just go around and, and you know, change history like that. And he taught, I wanted to hear more about this from you. But what he mentions is that he says some things, I, I can't remember the terminology, right? But he says some, in time. some things are fixed and they have to happen. 
other things you can change and other things you need to change. And ultimately what we find out and what he finds out, he doesn't know this, but what he's learns through this uh, couple days here in Pompeii is not only is Pompeii um, not something that necessarily happened, I have to be the one to to trigger it. Like I, I need to do that. If I don't do this, then essentially, um, you know, what's going on with, with actually there, there are these uh, volcanic aliens that are doing this and are, you know, it's another one of the things that are going to feed off the energy and help yeah. their own. Yeah, they're rerouting power. It's just a different <laughs> they're kind of rerouting power. power and <laughs> earth is like, earth, earth strikes me as like, uh, it's 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 like a person who moved into a really bad neighborhood, but it's very trusting. It was like, oh, let's just turn on all the lights, and leave the locks <laughs> open, and like I'm sure everyone will be friendly. Put out the whole basket of candy for, yeah. and just say take one. I'm sure it'll be fine. So well, anyway. these, if, if you did, if you did actually take Doctor Who and map out all of the stories, the 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 overlapping, it's like, well, these aliens must have been here doing this. Well, these other aliens were here doing this. Like yeah. it's busy. It's very busy. <laughs> With yeah. aliens and th- these especially the stories like this like pompeii so there's a seventh doctor audio story where he's also in pompeii like there are yeah. several moments in time where there are <laughs> multiple doctors clearly wandering around doing stuff <laughs> but i just think it's like they're so concerned with earth and it's so earth-centric and of course even like whale-centric but let's just focus on earth it's earth-centric so to me it would make more sense if the doctor was more like a Green Lantern figure or um, or a, what's there's a thing in Marvel Comics too, or, or like Captain Marvel, where it's sort of like, yeah, you're an alien and you're here to protect Earth. The reason why you're on Earth so much is that like we have a bunch of these people and your zone is Earth. Like that's your beat. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're on Earth duty. But it's like, no, but the doctor's the only time lord in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> but yet still, so everything just happens on Earth. Yeah, all anyway, the plans are just falling apart. He says yeah. these things are fixed in time. And that if if basically if he doesn't do this, the planet's at stake. So yeah. his point to Donna is like, yes, 22,000 people die. But if I don't do this, the earth is over and every right. not only everyone dies right now on earth which isn't that many people at that moment but um but no, none of the future of earth happens nothing happens or all the pompeians die yeah yeah well right or the pompeians die so she gets it and she ultimately decides like she the, there's sort of like a button they have to push the trigger and she's like i'll, I'll push it with you like i mean and, and they they are assuming it's going to kill them and yeah. when they do that um so they but they push it down together and she says, um, you know, don't listen to us. Um, uh, don't worry about us and, and, and keep going. OK, so uh, they do it. It's actually a little escape pod <laughs> and <laughs> they get hurtled out and rattled around in a stone box. Emerge fine. Totally yeah, fine. No problem. No problem. Now we get to a second dilemma, which is um, now it's happening. <clears throat> you know, Pompeii is exploding. But um, and she's saying she's trying to like warn people or kind of tell them or, or saying like let's get some people in the TARDIS and save them. And he's, you know, the doctor's just saying, well, like he again, he's done this a thousand times. Like, well, I can't, what am I gonna do? I can't save everybody. This is just how it has to be. Ultimately relents and similar to what we saw in the in the previous episode, he's a little softer. He says, Okay, you know what? We'll save this one family. And so we save Peter Capaldi and his family. And it's really funny because at the moment we're like, you can save one person and he reaches out and literally takes Peter Capaldi's hand. So I'm like, did they know? <laughs> no? And they clearly didn't. It's like years yeah. from now. Yeah. Um, but it was so funny. I almost in that moment thought, 
oh weird are they somehow like um you know leading you a little on this and they, they don't they they save the whole family so um and that's it and then and then again here's where i thought the sun thing was going to come back around we now see the family in the future a few months later they're they've settled in very nicely they're they're doing well yeah, in Rome. Yeah. The, the sun then they mentioned the sun is training to be a physician and i'm like oh so he's gonna be like hippocrates i don't know I, i'm just like what is this gonna be which doesn't match up but i'm yeah. just saying like and we never hear about the sun again and way. then all it is is we just see him giving thanks to their uh, household gods which are a thing and their gods are the doctor and donna yeah. and i just thought it was too much I, you didn't need that extra scene that seemed extra to me like but yeah. you know anyway um there you go what i missed john what else we want to talk about with these yeah i mean you, you got a good summary there it was it was a bit of a it was it was weird that didn't seem as weird it's kind of because it's kind of a light it's a very somber ending and it adds kind of a light moment maybe that's what they were going for yeah. um yeah um uh this is a this is really uh it's a really solid episode um this is uh filmed on the set of hbo's rome I think it was oh. it was a series. Um, they, I, I think they were filming in Italy or something. And um, yeah, they somehow got during, they were off doing something else. And so they got permission to film on the set. So that's why the sets are so convincing. I mean, it might be a, a tougher thing for them uh, to afford to build in the BBC. Although I'm sure well, no, the BBC, we know it would be like one room with like a column you could see through the window and you would hear like some a mountain blowing up in the background, but not see it. Uh, so yeah, filmed on the set looks very good. Um, I think that also allowed them to splurge on the special effects because, um, I mean, you do get the the rock monsters are clearly entire computer generated. Yeah. Okay. Monster, not fantastic. Um, uh, and not that don't do that much. Uh, but then you do get the explosion. You do get the volcano erupting, which is quite a big effect. And, you know, clearly uh, a lot of effort went into that. Um, so it looks very good. Um uh, yeah, you do get to we'll, we'll talk about the, the fixed point in time. I think we want to talk about that as kind of a theme on both of these stories. But yeah, this is a, a this is something we start to see. I, I think they um, sort of always skated by this in the past series, or it is inconsistent. And, and we'll talk about this with the Romans too about when the doctor can intervene and when he can't. Uh, and so they start to try to come up with some explanation here, which is that he. Well, they try to come up with an explanation, which is basically he he just knows. He knows. Uh, he can tell certain things are fixed right. and certain things are not. That that's what uh, and he... he's got an instinct, right? It's well, his deal. I, it's his job. Yeah, I mean, again, because he is this other species and he's what's called a time lord, like yeah. I buy this idea that like I can't explain it to you. This is how I experience the world. Like right, it's my it perception. Looks, it feels yeah. and looks different to me. Like I just I yeah, and I you can. you buy that. Yeah. Um uh it's a great donna episode i think this is this was a moment of uh uh the first sort of i mean we we saw and in, in, we talked about in the partners of crime oh, two weeks ago now it's hard to remember uh <laughs> we saw um the the uh you know the way they can sort of dance between dramatic and comedic um and that was nice but i think this one was like a moment of of especially skeptical people who weren't sure about Catherine tate coming on the show and thought she was just gonna be doing her acts and you know whatever of like, oh, she's she's got some range. I mean, she's really yeah. good in this episode, and she's very and she has a really strong emotional arc to this episode. And she really, you know, she's very upset about not being able to rescue people, and uh, you know, the effect. Her, her, she's just great. Like her performance is fantastic, and you're just like, oh, she's she's got some game here. Like this isn't just going to be the wacky Catherine Tate adventures. <laughs> like, right, like there's right. going to actually still be, you could still have these really strong emotional beats. Like she's a good actress, um, which is always funny. It's always funny to me in that I feel like it's such a cliche now that 
comedic actors and actresses are really good right i mean there's always sort of that it's like common oh, that they are yeah like know. i mean you just acknowledge like to be a comedian actually requires such an understanding of of you know rhythm and and uh and you know and shifting moods and and to, to, comedy is harder i think than drama and if you could do comedy then we know you can do drama or you're going to be able to do it very well generally it's very weird that people are always constantly surprised by that right. like, i mean not everyone not all comedians can do it there's some who can't but for a good, you know, you see Robin Williams or others like or Steve Martin, they can do dramatic roles. Um, so, yeah, uh, she's great. And then also we're starting to see, as you, as you talk about her, her influence on the doctor, right? That she is a she is a a she's softening him. She's making him you know feel responsible for what he does. But I also like how she does take, you know, she recognizes at the end sort of his role. Uh, and she takes that on. It's a great moment. Um, and as you mentioned, um, uh, it's just, it's just, there's actually um, a couple shades of the future. So first of all, one of the soothsayers uh, only gets a couple lines, but is played by Karen Gillan. Uh, right. So I just read this. In. Yeah. So who was she? She was one of the, the women one of those with, people the with the eyes on her hands. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh. And she um, yeah. only gets a few lines. But yeah, she comes back uh, as, as Amy Pond in just a, another season or so. Um, and then, of course, yes, we get Peter Capaldi. And Peter Capaldi, huge Doctor Who fan. Um, oh, OK. Had been uh, to the point of uh, uh, that when um, they they have letters that he wrote to Doctor Who magazine when uh -huh. he was like 15 years old about and <laughs> and he was he interviewed like he was sort of so back in the day there were sort of fan elite right there were sort of well-known fans who ran the fan clubs and he was one of them he was a really well-known fan back when he was like 15 years old um also famously he was in a rock band with uh, uh Craig um uh was it Robert Ferguson Craig uh, Ferguson yeah the, um yeah the guy from uh, uh the guy did the late late show whatever that yeah. is um but yeah so Peter Pauline is um they do uh it is funny of course um uh obviously so the doctor uh, the sixth doctor had appeared uh actually before uh he played the sixth doctor for the most part other actors did not uh, but this is obviously it was a small role this was obviously a very big role um and so uh yeah they did actually have to uh, address it uh when peter capaldi became the doctor uh, there was a scene where they sort of talk about that he took on that he he adopted this face uh, as sort of a tribute to Caecilius and as sort of a reminder oh. to himself about sort Wait, of where did his, they address it? It was in a, a audio in one story of the stories in one of the in in the actual uh, story. Oh. Uh, they sort of like where did this face come from? Uh, he he sort of says, oh, I, I you know I, I was remembering this. So because they, they were like, yeah, and people were you know going to watch these shows and be like, wait a minute, <laughs> it's the same guy. Mm -hmm. uh, so you do address it, but anyway, we'll get so that's to that. interesting. Yeah. So that yeah. the doctor could sort of choose. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, more there is sort of a it's there is. There is a yes. Um, it is actually somewhat established that time lords, in the normal circumstances, might be able to choose what they look like. Um, but usually, the doctor. But usually, time lords regenerate in normal, like they're they're perfectly. Uh, it's a controlled regeneration, whereas the doctor is always he's been blown up or fallen off a telescope or you know whatever. Um, and obviously, the last thing that's most important to mention is that I, of course, I have been to Pompeii. Uh, and so, yeah, have you? I already I know. know. You didn't go. Oh, it's it's very cool. It's very fun. Uh, is, they just found is, some new uh, folks too. Yeah, but, they yeah. found it, and and yeah, and, and um, it is. I I have to. I was most surprised by uh, this is relevant, folks. Say, hang in. This is relevant. This story. Uh, um, I you know I'd, I'd studied it and I'd taken Latin in high school and I'd studied it and spent time thinking about. Um, it, but it does. It shocked me. Like I was like, it's a whole city. 
Yeah. Uh, and it really is perfectly preserved. I mean, the mm-hmm. paint on the walls and like it is, it's extraordinary. It's a really, and so you can and you walk around, really right? Sense of what it's like. And you yeah. can tell, like, oh, this is, this is where the bar was. This is clear. Yeah. These are some homes. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. I mean, you could spend, so we went on, it was one of these things where we were just near there for a day, but like, yeah, you could, you could spend like days there just kind of walking around seeing different things like yeah when you get a sense of like i mean a it was it's amazing that like this wasn't these weren't uh you think of like that time you think of all right well the city is just going to be you know it's going to be some little huts and like maybe a street uh you know like a midwestern u.s town but these were like you know the whole city all all stones and paved roads and like it's it was all developed it was it was like a city it's like new york (laughs) Um, like not like not just some houses scattered around and some you know some grass lanes in between but i mean it was like a a full city and you think about it you know how many thousands of years ago that was an extraordinary place uh and uh and really amazing so probers probers go on the when we start the mind probe tours uh yeah, where yeah. We, we do, <laughs> we do talk to trips uh we'll, we'll do a pompeii one but man probably check it out check out pompeii you know what that's advice from porter and john check out pompeii well on that same trip i also went to rome what? which takes us to our classic episode this what? is season oh, two uh, so we're still with the first doctor but we're in season two this is uh the fourth story from season two it's four episodes it aired um january 16th to february 6th 1965 this is uh the first sector we still have barbara and ian and then we have someone new vicky yeah, who vicky. I, I this is my first time meeting her and john has a clip here yeah, so, so just let's... to set this up real quick uh the clip yeah. is a uh, uh the the doctor has just been told by testis uh that uh nero intends to make him play in the coliseum and he's going to set the lions on him uh, and so now Nero has come in to tell him and the doctor uh, is ahead of him. So that's that's the joke that's going on here. So doctor, right. yeah. Here no is the clip. I'm a would-be murderer, have I? Mm. <laughs> well, we must be going, child. I want to leave here as soon as it's dark. Oh, but don't. Now, 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 there'll be no arguments. You will do as I say. Mm. Maximus, my dear. Oh, my dear Caesar Nero. <laughs> I have a surprise for you. Guess what it is. Well, now, let me think. Uh, you want me to play in the arena? Mm. <laughs> you guessed. Well, it's no problem at all. After all, you want to do your very best for your fellow artists. <laughs> Why not the arena? Mm? <laughs> y- yes, yes, of course, that, that, that is exactly right. Yes, well, I promise you, I shall try to make it a roaring success. You'll mm. have to play something special, you know. Oh, yes, of course, of course, yes, something serious, yes. Something that they can really get their teeth into. Hmm? Oh, no, you can't. I've told no one. Caesar Nero, I've always wanted to put on a good show, to give a great performance. But after all, who knows? If I go down well, I might even make it my farewell performance. <laughs> you see, I've always wanted to be considered as an artist of some taste. Generally regarded as, uh, well, uh, palatable mm. but i must be bored here oh i must surely you have so many other important things to attend to without standing here chewing over the facts with me good gracious there's something burning my plans my drawings uh, yes. uh, puns puns folks that all is, right that is a punny scene so um the, this uh these episodes begin very 
funnily to me because there's a literal cliffhanger at the very beginning where the yeah. TARDIS is teetering on the top of a cliff. It falls down. Yeah. Cut to they are in Roman garb and have been living in Rome for six weeks. Yeah. There's a fun little, there's just, it, it, you I feel just, like, oh, it's going to be the, oh, they're going to be, it shows the, it shows the TARDIS lying on the ground. And you're like, oh, they're going to be all injured. And it's like, oh, no, they're fine. <laughs> they're fine. And they're just going to like cut forward weeks. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, as we said, it's the first doctor, Ian Barbara, and then uh, Vicky, who you'll tell me more about later. But for all short, for short version for me is she's a young woman. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. so what kind of happens here is we go off on three separate threads. Uh, the Vicky is Vicky's pretty much just with the doctor and then Ian and Barbara go off their different ways. So it's, it's sort of a Seinfeld plot. And then we all yeah. come back together at the end. <laughs> so. They are living at this house in Rome kind of on their own. They're just kind of like they've integrated themselves into society. They don't really talk about why they're just hanging out here. Maybe the doctor mentions that. They're just kind of relaxing. Uh, It's kind of nice. Kind of. It's like, oh, yeah. If you traveled in time, let's say um, you wouldn't you would hopefully not constantly be running from monsters. Like it is kind of <laughs> nice to sort of yeah. see like, Oh, they're just relaxing and having a nice time. Like it's like, okay. Yeah. If, if you got to, if you, when you traveled in time, you actually just got to hang out in like a really yeah. nice villa in ancient Rome and like experience what life was like. And it was really pleasant. Yeah. That'd be, I'd, I'd keep traveling in time for that. That'd be fun. So the doctor says, Hey, I'm going off to Rome with Vicky and there's a, <laughs> having seen just a few of these first doctor things there's he he's very irascible and there's this conversation where he just snaps at barbara and ian and and then he goes off to rome with vicky and they they have this post-mortem on the conversation barbara and ian talking to one another where they're like oh boy i really stepped in it in that one and it's like you didn't say anything you just sort of spoke normally but they know him well enough to be like Oh, he was, uh, he, he had his temper going. I shouldn't have mentioned this. I should have said that in a different way, but he's just such a, uh, hot tempered guy or, or just, uh, again, just grouchy. Just yeah. like a grouchy yeah. guy. This is character. Yeah. Anyway, they set off. So let's talk about them first. The doctor and Vicky set off to Rome and on the way there. And we had seen this earlier. Um, uh, someone with a, a musician apparently with a liar has been killed, which we that we saw earlier. They discover him. <laughs> the doctor is just like, Oh, yeah, that's too bad. Ooh, let's hold his <laughs> liar and take that. And then they run into uh, a centurion of some kind or, or a palace guard, and the doctor kind of uh talks sort of plays hard to get until he figures out why they're looking for this person with a liar and he finds out oh they're great musicians so the doctor's like yeah that's me uh <laughs> sure because he thinks uh again he's sort of impish too so it's like yeah that'll be fun i'll just pretend to be this musician and uh and so that's that's kind of their whole thing is that now he then goes off he ends up meeting uh so we find out we're in the time of nero uh later we find out it's specifically 64 ad very close to uh yeah. 79 AD where we just were and uh he's going to pretend to be this musician Nero as you I know very little of him but I do know that you know Rome burned while Nero fiddled and the whole idea is like he thought himself a great musician and 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 he was sort of um uh humored at that similar to like Kim Jong-il or something it's like <laughs> yeah he's you're great so the doctor gets by uh uh, kind of playing with Nero's affections by sort of uh, doing a little bit of tricks around that saying, well, I can't play because you just played music and you're so wonderful, Nero. 
And uh, so that's that's his whole thing. And then Nero is this sort of classic um, uh, adolescent uh, king where he where you kind of can't win because he's saying he wants to have the best musician play for him. He can't play better with him. He can't play better than Nero. But then he gets upset when he's not playing for Nero. So basically, you just you you're gonna die. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Nero. There's no winning. So there's the there's the great scene of of uh, the Emperor's New Clothes kind of thing, right? Where he's like, "I'm going to play, and it's going to be so fine that only the best uh, people, you know, only only the finest, most sophisticated." Yeah. And so he, he of course, doesn't play, but everybody in the room is reacting. And uh, Nero, Derek Francis, who plays Nero, has that everybody's reacting like it's so wonderful, and he starts to get mad, and he's like, "Well, he's good, but he's not that good." It's very, very funny. And I was going to say, similar to Fires of Pompeii, uh, where we had the actor um, uh, uh, playing uh, Lucius De- uh, Dextrous, uh, the actor playing Nero, just it's great. He's yeah. having a great time playing yeah. this role. Garrick Francis. Yeah. It's really great. So that's that thread. Meanwhile, uh, Barbara and Ian have been sold into slavery. So yeah. that's too bad for them. <laughs> Ian, Ian just basically goes, you could summarize this and goes through every Roman movie cliche. Uh, yes. That possibly <laughs> that's actually true. Yeah. The Barbara and the Doctor's plots are much more interesting. Yeah. Ian gets, uh, they both get sold into slavery. Yeah. Ian um, gets, yeah, sold into what you think of as the classic plots of all slavers. Like slave yeah. you're kind of, yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Right. They have this rowing across the thing. They over overtake the 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 commander during a storm i forgot that that all happened uh, and <laughs> yeah, they then do a lot he escapes with his i liked his buddy slave yeah. i thought that was yeah. he was a good actor and they end up being taken back into slavery and caught and now they're going to be pitted against each other as uh as um well they fight the lions for they fight stock footage of lions and then Did they, they actually fight getting... the lions i don't even remember no, that. I guess that was they just, very they're... quick threatened to go in front of the lions but then i think that and ends, then they show the lions they're fighting. In a zoo. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they fight each other of course as gladiators yeah so the train is gladiators um it's it's a very personal uh it's sort of like uh you know when you go see magic and sometimes it's close-up magic this is close-up gladiating <laughs> <laughs> this is just nero um so anyway that's happened we'll get back to that and then so on the other side barbara is sold into slavery and apparently it's very novel that she's a Briton. They they sort of overhear them talking that she's from London. So she gets sold to be like a fancy slave in like they basically so basically they find someone selling them slavery and they're like, let's immediately send her to the emperor. Like let's well, immediately she, put her yeah. so next she, to the Empress. She's she's um uh, she's being nice to the other slave, and yes. Tacitus sees her, uh, and and is like, "Oh, she's very nice." Uh, they it's they they do it very well, right? They sort of play it like, "Oh, he's sort of a creepy yeah guy who he's in." And I love how I mean, Jacqueline Hill is a beautiful woman, uh, uh, Barbara, uh, clearly a beautiful woman. But I do like how in these early seasons. She's, they they play it like she's them so attractive that every man who sees her just uncontrollably lusts for her. Right, right. <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, but yeah, so it's sort of like the implication is uh, he's he wants to do things to her, but then what turns out to be a different motivation, which you'll get to. But um, uh, yeah, she you know so he 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 sees her and then he happens to work for the emperor, so that's how she ends up there. But yeah, they do just kind of like okay, now you work for him. Then they didn't vet people like they do now, no background checks. <laughs> yes, and the person who buys her was an inter- Tavius, right? Yeah, Tavius. Yeah, it was an interesting mm-hmm. character, and that I thought that actor was very good as well. Yeah. Um. So. So it kind of all comes together, actually, in this gladiatorial, well, just 
before and after the Scottatoro combat where again they're watching Ian and his friend fight and it's it's just the emperor is there with very few guards <laughs> <laughs> so they're pitted against each other but they decide that and one of the cliffhangers is uh Ian is under the sword and about to be would have been killed but his friend decides like hey let's not do this and they try to attack and fight their way out so they can come free Ian's not able to free Barbara um they uh as we mentioned before Nero gets upset at the doctor for playing too well so he's going to essentially as we heard throw him to the lions and uh then we have this scene where he essentially gives him the idea of saying he Nero has this plan and I actually don't know if this is the what we know of I, I know that Rome burned but uh, I, if this is what we know of what Nero's intentions were is that the idea is he wanted to build this new uh, new Rome so in order to do so he was like we'll just burn this one to the ground because then I can build exactly what I want I'll build this perfect new Rome and it was sort of given the idea of this from the doctor because the doctor burned uh, his burned his plans um so then uh everybody escapes and we're all right i mean it, it wraps up pretty quickly near the end they kind of just like, get out and everything's fine <laughs> yeah. um so yeah but i feel like i missed something that you were going to mention about barbara that nero wanted to, uh, the... well when you uh, yeah there's a whole subplot of nero lusting for uh barbara uh and uh and there's that you know uh <clears throat> There's that whole moment of them chasing each other around the palace. Um, I mean, so the, the sort interesting, of like a Benny Hill, like yeah, it's very and, like and, I'm and gonna the, get you. All the- <laughs> and then like going in and out of doors, and the doctor's there and keeps near missing. This is, a, a, this is always an interesting part is they don't actually reconcile at the end. They don't tell him that their story, right? The two the two separate stories. They never they meet back at the at the villa. Uh, and they don't actually reconcile. They they find out some of what happened to Vicky and the doctor, but they don't actually tell them. Oh yeah, we also were in Rome. Uh, and Barbara. You know, so they oh. never actually reconcile the stories, which is kind of funny. Um, I think it's kind of clever. Um, this is uh, this is considered Doctor Who's first comedy. Uh, hmm. Tonally, it's all over the place. Uh, uh, yeah. It is definitely very broad, farcical humor in a lot of places. Uh, but then you have Ian kind of going through the ringer. And then you get Barbara and sort of the ha ha funny. He's trying to rape her. It's hilarious. <laughs> sort of thing, right. Uh, yeah. It's then it's a little um, uh, and surprise. And there's some surprising moments of humor. There's, there's the whole thing with the poisoner uh, and, uh, and, and trying to poison Barbara or whatever. And, um, you know, there's a moment where uh, Nero, they, they stop him from drinking the poison drink and he gives it to the, his, his chief taster who then, tasted and dies does sort of a comedy death which is yeah. like oh doctor who doesn't usually we remark upon death it's not a joke <laughs> it's not so funny so it's kind of totally all over the place but definitely they were aiming i think more for comedy than anything else um and so uh, tavius was planning to kill nero yeah so there was a whole assassination plot it's not clear that motive so so the, and i should it, i should be clear that the what i've got of this was that tavius would keep talking to the doctor like taking him aside and being like Hey, hey, you're here to do. And I guess he was, it was, he does think he's the liar player and is saying, like, hey, uh, you know, I know you're going to do what you're going to do. I'm, I know what's happening. I I get it. And the doctor's again just trying to play along to get information, saying, yep, yep, wink, wink. Got it. And then we, but we ultimately (laughs) found out that, yes, this is part of a plot to kill Nero, which the doctor ultimately stops, right? Yeah. Um, 
uh, or or doesn't go through with right because the Lyra player was killed a while ago. Uh, Tavius is, is um, they reveal at the end that he's a Christian. That's his motivation. Uh, and I'm not remembering my history very well. Into mm. I mean that may have been part of the driving uh, force to assassinate uh, near here. The history here is very potted history. Um, Nero. It's not clear whether Nero really burned Rome or not. It's unlikely. Apparently, um, indeed, there was a great fire, but you know, any number of reasons it could have started. He did want to rebuild Rome. He did have great designs and things, but there is there's a lot of question about well, what was Nero really like. Was he sort of a crazy person, uh, or you know, was he? You know, there's a lot that also says he did a lot of good things and stuff like that, or was you know, a competent administrator. Um, so yeah, there there definitely. But again, with Ian hitting every cliche in the book, and then sort of this caricature of Nero, yeah, yeah, they're clearly like, okay, we're having a good time. This isn't this isn't the Aztecs. We're not trying to educate you about Rome here. <laughs> uh, and also, the, I mean, Derek Francis uh, at the time was a pretty well known character actor. He uh, he appears appeared had appeared in and also appears in from that point a lot of the Carry On movies. Which I don't know if you've seen these. So these are um, famous comedies, like sort of broad British farcical comedies, um, and they they were, you know, carry on, uh, carry on Pompeii, carry on Rome. Carry, huh. and they they would do, you know, carry on. Um, uh camping like they would just do different things so carry on was always the beginning of the title and it'd be it was no no link between the movies other than they'd just be this whole sort of collection of character actors doing this very broad sort of 60s 70s humor stuff right. so they are very well known in in the uk less so uh here but yeah so sort of the and so he was known um or became known for those this is written by dennis spooner who's also a very funny writer uh he wrote it some of the other we'll get to the gunfighters and a few other doctor who comedies as well in that early season he's kind of scripted in the early season um and yeah clearly wanted to be funny um we introduced uh um vicky here so this is her first full story that she'd been introduced to the story before uh, called the rescue yeah just a two-parter uh what happened to susan susan leaves uh at the end of the story we'll be watching this season so i won't give it away but susan does depart uh and um uh so it's the first uh vicky's the first new companion right so again this is sort of a a big Mm, first of the show that was like oh okay well the cast can change uh and so um but it was written to be that's very... funny that she's new because they seem to just be fast friends like they yeah you know. <clears throat> yeah she and and she wasn't i mean if you can see she's she's from the future she's an orphan uh they find on a crashed spaceship uh from the future she's or from earth but from very far in the future earth and you see a few references in her conversation with barbara um <clears throat> and uh so she's clearly susan right i mean she's the same age She's kind of a Susan. They were like, okay, well, we need, you know, Susan, uh, Carolyn Ford, who's playing Susan's leaving. We need a new Susan. So here we go. It's another Susan. But she maybe just if she just grab. didn't like yell all the time, then that yeah, would be yeah. good. Yeah, she's, she's, uh, she's very good. Uh, um, uh, yeah, the actress who plays her is very good. She's, and she's pretty good as Vicky. Uh, and yeah, she does, she does play, she does, definitely doesn't scream as much uh, as Susan. Um, I will say I love uh, Barbara and Ian here, especially in the beginning, are very much in love, right? I mean, they, they, the series never acknowledges it directly. But this is the closest of like the two of them just hanging around the billet together and like she's combing his hair and they're eating and making jokes and stuff. Right. It's like they're just like it's as close as you're going to get at this. You know, this time of the series when they didn't really deal with that kind of stuff that like, oh, they're they're in love. Like you can be like, they're great. Their chemistry. Maybe maybe they weren't deliberately being written as if they're in love, but the chemistry between them as actors is fantastic, um, uh, which is great. And then 
William Hartnell is just, he's having a great time in this story, isn't he? I mean, he's just, he just <laughs> yes. he's having a blast laughing and he does, he's got the great action sequence at the first episode where he kills the, or he throws the assassin out the window, right? Well, he's then he gets upset because <laughs> Vicky, I don't even know how Vicky sends him out the, Vicky almost like does like what you would with a dog, like throws a stick out the window and then the guy jumps after it but he's like why did you do that i was about to finish him off yeah it's having a great time i'm exercising you know he's just having a blast uh and yeah we so hartnell having a great time with the comedy um and uh and there's, there's a, a number of uh of jokes uh uh throughout it and he's and he's just sort of his timing's great he delivers on so yeah it's a it's um like I said, it's sort of Doctor's first attempted at out and out comedy, and again, it's in that first couple of seasons when they could they were still trying to figure out well, what can this show be or what is this show, and they would do anything, uh, and they were like, yeah, we're going to have a a comedy romp through uh, cliches of of Rome, and then they just did it. And then they just did it. And they just did it. <clears throat> like I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a comedy <laughs> romp through <laughs> <of> Rome. <laughs> why not? Why not, folks? You can't stop us. Oh, solo timo, oh, me a timo, si me a timo, si ma. Classic yeah. Italian theme song Classic, there yeah. that one. <clears throat> Full-throated um, warbling of the theme. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, we are adherents of the repeating themes here in No Not the Mind yeah, Probe. A couple we things we wanted to talk about this time around are uh, the doctor playing a part in key moments in, in history. And then also, what's the deal with Rome? <laughs> why, why, why do people always want to talk about the Roman Empire? Um, but why don't we, first things first. Yeah, I just, I wanted to talk about this because it, it struck me <clears throat> that in both these cases, we're now saying that the doctor ultimately is responsible for, um, well, not responsible, but, but that he was keenly involved in the destruction of Pompeii and uh, uh, vital to the burning of Rome, I guess, to your point, if that happened. But yeah. <laughs> assuming that happened. It definitely um, burned. Who started it is the question. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> right. So, yeah, I just want to, is this... Is this pretty rare? To me, this struck me as unusual, but uh, I, I don't know. Um, and it's interesting to me that it really ties the doctor into the fabric of these things because it also implies in, in Earth history, but in, of course in other cultures too, that it's like, oh, if they looked hard enough, they would find this doctor figure because, you know, um, and the, but clearly they're not. So. Yeah, I mean it's hard, right? So, so um, uh, we go back. Let's probers go back to episode whenever of this show uh, <laughs> when we talked about the Aztecs, because uh, um, that's really the uh, you know that's sort of again our first big historical story. That's, that's um, uh, that is episode it's like five or something. It's season early. one is episode seven. Yeah. Them. Um, yeah. Really? Uh, so, um, uh, you know, the Aztecs famously has that great scene of Barbara wanting to, to change history for the Aztecs and the doctor right. saying you can't rewrite history, not one line, uh, except maybe, except, well, yeah, <laughs> but I, I think, that, see, I think that's part of the problem, right? It's like, uh, you know, the writers realize, okay, if that's the rule, uh, then when we send them back in history, it's going to be very boring because they can't do anything. Right? Right. They can't be a part of it. You know, like, Oh God, don't do anything. Don't step on a butterfly or, you know, do anything. You have to, we have to be completely out of this. You can't be involved. Um, uh, and so that's, that's less interesting. And so they sort of had to, you know, then the next thing is, 
while we can't rewrite history because it gets confused, you start changing timelines, it gets confusing. What have you done? What haven't you done? You know, you, everything changes. Um, so then the next most interesting thing you do is, all right, all right, then we, the reason history happened the way it happened is because of the doctor. Um, and so, you know, that, again, that allows you to have some agency within the plot, uh, because you can, you know, you can be trying to accomplish something or do something. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, again, it doesn't create this complication that you're now creating your whole new timeline and you have to somehow deal with, well, what's changed and, you know, reading, you know, changing something in ancient Rome, the implications obviously, uh, for present day would be crazy. So, um, so yeah, so they kind of come up with this thing of, well, okay, there are certain things. And then also, yeah. And then also, you know, we worry about, okay, great fire of Rome and, uh, you know, let's Pompeii, we can't evacuate Pompeii before it goes off. But then at the same time, it's like, well, but can we also really, if you really thinking through the sort of butterfly effect, you also can't really re rescue Caecilius, right? I mean, like, you know, that's also potentially <laughs> right. going to cause huge problems. Um, so they have to sort of come up with this, okay, there are some things you can change, uh, there's some things that are fixed points in time that are so momentous and so important that you can't touch right. them. And, and there's some the things difference? you can be like, eh, okay. yeah, the doctor, I can, yeah, I, I don't that, worry yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you kind of have to, I mean, that's what you do. I mean, and, um, uh, if you want to worry about it. And again, I think, you know, as the newer stuff, when people are going to be more conscious of continuity and stuff, I mean, uh, they kind of, I think, almost mentioned it in the Romans and the doctor's kind of like, I don't worry about it. <laughs> well, like, <you> know. <laughs> that's So what I like is that, I mean, I don't mind that it happens. I like that it's rare. And what I liked about the fires of Pompeii is that it wasn't just tossed off. It was him saying like, yeah, this doesn't always happen. But in this case, it is happening. It can happen. Here's why. I'm. They made a big deal out of it. It, it wasn't just like, oh yeah, well, sorry, I'm the cause of Pompeii. It's like, <laughs> no, no, this is rare. Yeah, but I get doing like, Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. I also think it's interesting that thinking, um, you know, time travel stories are just like basically impossible and fun to think about. The idea that the Doctor was surprised by this fact, but came into here knowing he was like, well, yeah, you know, Pompeii dies by the volcano. Yeah. So I was like, but wait, how could you know this if you just caused this? Right. Yeah, you got to so overlook that interesting. one. Interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, the thing that, again, I, I think I talked about this in the SX podcast, but it was a while ago. Uh, so Paul's probably forgotten. Uh, but um, <laughs> uh, uh, they don't do more of, and they do this with the Rosa Parks episode we talked about, they don't do more of someone else is trying to change history and the doctor's job is to keep it on track. Um, which I think actually opens up really interesting uh, story possibilities. You give the doctor some agency and stuff to do. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah, but you know, and you see that you know, it's like a, a yeah. You, you just it doesn't even have to be sort of an outward um, force. It could just be you know you come back and you happen to uh, um, it's a. Uh, um, uh, what is it? Uh, City on the Edge of Forever, the very famous Star Trek episode that everybody loves. That uh, Doctor McCoy goes back and they like rescue, or you know, they uh, they go back and they rescue somebody from uh, getting hit by a car or something like that, and that changes history. And they're like, oh no, she needed to be hit by that car. Uh, <laughs> it's just like a you know an accidental you know it was right. just an instinct thing. And it's like, oh crap, we need to. She needs to be run over by a car. Um, like those stories, you could do more of, and surprisingly, they don't. Uh, it is. It does tend to be much more of a. Uh, but maybe that's also a depressing story. that doesn't work in Doctor Who, right? If he was like, oop, I got to run you over the car now. Uh, <laughs> or you, should, you need to kill yourself. Sorry. Uh, maybe that wouldn't work as well. 
Uh, well, John, let's talk about Rome. Why the hell do people like the Roman Empire so much? Not yeah, just the like Doctor it. Who. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is interesting, right? I mean, there there have been so many great civilizations, and you know, we see far fewer stories about going back to ancient Greece. Like, you know, notice that like there are fewer yeah. sci-fi stories about where we're visiting and wandering around with Aristotle. Um, but the Mayans, Babylon, you got the Mayans, yeah, or, you know? yeah. I mean, there, there are all these civilizations. So, yeah, it's just interesting. Vikings. Why, why do we like Rome? Or why are we so fascinated by Rome? Is it because uh, that there's a lot in like societally, maybe we recognize more, like maybe Rome makes more sense to us because more of it percolated down to our, I mean, down to the language, right? Romance languages and things like that percolated to our era. Or it's is also that, such a cautionary tale. Like it, yeah. it was so extremely successful and then, you know, just fell so in such a huge way. Um, yeah, maybe that, you know. and is that, yeah, that resonates with us because we're like, ooh, we're, we're Rome or we're closer to Rome or, or it, maybe it's, it is, you do wonder because it is, it does seem like we can identify with more of what happened then. Um, but you do wonder if that's also slightly, is that also just now we've gone back to it or spent so much time talking about it that our understanding of its history, uh, there's a book I read, um, actually interestingly, uh, about, um, what was it called? Uh, it was about sort of sexual mores through the year or how people, uh, the book was basically arguing against monogamy. We'll come back to that in a future episode. But, <laughs> um, but basically say, they call it the Flintstonization of history that we, we, we sort of look back on ancient civilizations and, and sort of apply like, ah, oh, they all lived in houses with their wives and they were all monogamous and had, you know, oh, we and, put our current social, yeah, our social lines. Them, yes. And so, yeah, you do wonder like how much of our impressions of Rome, because we spent so much time mm. on these fictional portrayals of it, you know, have we turned, I mean, you know, these are also, yes, these were people who had houses and, and books and, and seemed to, you know, government that is, looks like a lot of government we have today, but they also did throw people to be eaten by lions. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just like, okay, did, you know, how much of that, uh, are, are we, are we civilizing them or have we made them so familiar to ourselves, um, that, uh, you know, that's not really accurate. Um, but also that's why it's attractive as a sci-fi trope, right? Because it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Everybody, we all, and maybe, and maybe that's the other thing. Maybe that's, we all know it, right? Most people know, or have a baseline of Rome, uh, even you know, if, you've, if you haven't studied, if you're not like us who've been to Pompeii and are scholars of, <laughs> yeah, of Rome. Experts, experts. <laughs> um, uh, there are still, you don't have to start at the beginning, right? If you went back to the Mayan civilization or Babylon, you would have to explain so much more right. uh, to your story. So yeah, maybe Rome's just attractive because it's like, oh, I can, I can start a story. I could be like, we're in ancient Rome. And even the, least educated viewer is going to have you know five or six common yeah, points like, of reference i saw a couple remember. of those movies yeah <laughs> you know? yeah i get it i know spartacus uh, is, and Moses is it I, I certainly know for some civilizations like we mentioned the mayans and i don't i guess that's true the babylonians is it also was just more of roman history preserved than others like I know, for example, Greek history, we know a lot about, but then wasn't a lot of it destroyed with Alexander the Great and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, it could also yeah, it could also be we just don't know that much. Um, although, again, that would seem like it would make it more attractive because you could play with it. Right, right. Interesting wanted, stories because right? you could yeah. just decide how, you know, um, and and we did have a story about the Aztecs. Who, yeah. you know, that was an interesting one. But um, but but you're right that we really are obsessed with rooms i think it's the cautionary tale now you're right we could be placing ourselves back onto it but just the i mean my 
cultural context of Rome comes from, and I've never read the book, but that it's that book, that famous history book, The Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire. That's right. like a famous book. Um, and so it's like you're already you're immediately talking about it, not just well, of course, all empires ultimately rose and fell in some form, right. but that it's so dramatic. It's told with this arc. Um, and it, it could be that that's true. And there really was this arc to it more so than other civilizations. Or it could be that just early uh, stories of it were told very well and put it into a very understandable story arc context. And so mm -hmm. people just really latched onto it. Yeah, um, and it does have extreme. I mean, you know, these characters are extraordinary. These emperors are are you know fascinating characters, and and yeah, I mean, there are again common themes and stories that, of course, we all latch onto that we like you know, the slave uprisings and uh, Spart you know, Spartacus and all that. No, well, in the yeah. end, John Rome, it's here to stay. That's yeah. all I can tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, this honestly, honestly is my this is my uh, quick rant on Italians. So buckle up, uh, yeah. it's going to be Ooh. slightly Ooh. racist. <laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> um, I think I think it explains. I, I think it explains so much about Italy and sort of when you go to Italy and, and people are very there's sort of a laid back approach to life, right? Mm -hmm. it's sort of the Italian approach to life, and I think part of it is you're just like, yeah, we've been around for four thousand years. Well we around some more like what's the hurry everybody why is everybody <laughs> so worked up like we were yep. here thousands of years ago a volcano buried everybody and now we're just wandering around here again like you know, it's just like <laughs> so yeah what are you gonna do eh, yeah so we should all be italian what are you gonna do <laughs> all right john ended his uh italian yeah there was another it was, it was gonna be racist it ended up being very very pro-italian yeah. <laughs> in the end um, so, um, but you know, we can sort of tease it out when we, yeah. when we tease out this episode, we can be like, and make sure you listen to the second hour where John really lays into Italian. Yeah. yeah. Really gives You're on notice, for. Italy. Well, look, we've ranked 68 episodes and this will mark the 70th, uh, st uh, I keep saying episodes, uh, We've ranked 68 stories of Doctor Who, mm. and now we will rank the 69th and, John, the 70th wow. story of Doctor Who. So our, our list really coming into shape here. I'll go first. Um, these we, we were talking earlier, and the tough parts of this ranking is when you watch the episode and you're like, no, nah, it was all right. And it's like, I don't know where to rank it. It was fine. Like, <laughs> um, So both of these for me were, were in the middle. I decided... Uh, it was interesting. Um, I really like uh, Catherine Tate and David Tennant. Um, and so I'm maybe because of that, I'm sort of I don't just rank them unusually high just for that, because I'm like, oh, I'm not just going to give them extra points because I like how Donna and the doctor get along. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to rank it on like the story. And like, I didn't like I actually I, I didn't love. I mean, Peter Baldi's great. I just didn't really care for his character that much, or it didn't really do anything for me. And I thought the indoor effects were so bad in this. I just, it looks such like, it looks like old Dr. Who, like they're on a set walking yeah. around. And um, I just, I didn't really draw me in. Then it had these, a couple of great scenes at then, which we talked about of Donna really emoting and just these interesting things. But on the whole, I didn't really love it. <laughs> for whatever reason, I just noticed this. Uh, when I ranked it, I had our first two episodes that we watched uh, for this podcast were Rose and then uh, the first story of the new series and then An Unearthly Child, which was the first story of the mm -hmm. original Doctor Who. And as time has gone on here, 
I had still had those two episodes ranked right next to each other. <laughs> um, but I've split them now. I've put yeah. the Fires of Pompeii in between them. Above Rose, I liked it a little bit more than that. But I really like Zan, Mother. Yeah, you you know, I, yeah. I, I, so I, I have Unearthly Child above that. So I have this ranked 38, right, mm. right smack in the middle. The Romans I have a little bit higher. Mm. Um, I it, it is a pretty simple plot. I it's funny that you said it's the first comedy. I didn't find it all that funny, <laughs> but I just kind of it was an enjoyable episode. I like Ian and Barbara. Um, I liked all the 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 day actors who came in and played all these parts uh, on the way. I kind of liked how they like came up, uh, went away, and then came back together at the end again not not i didn't like it that much that i put it in like the top 10 or 20 but i liked it so i put it at number 27th it's yeah. right below logopolis and right above the idiot's lantern so kind mm. of uh, right around there all right all right interesting uh so yeah fires of pompeii I'm, I'm with you um on that one i um i don't find it I, I, I've, you know, seen it many times now, and um, I always forget the story. Like I, I remember the Doctor and Donna parts. I remember the soothsaying scene, which I think is is very well done, as we saw in the clip or heard in the clip. Um, and um, uh, I, I love the Donna confronting the Doctor about, yeah. you know, taking responsibility. But I always keep forgetting. I, I still, even now, if you ask me to explain what was it the aliens were doing there, I don't really remember um, or care. And it's harvesting <laughs> power. It's, yeah, it's like all right, mining. What is lo- it? Yeah. It's basically mining, mining harvesting, you know? and rerouting power. Some lava monsters were there, and for some reason, they have to blow up the mountain. Uh, I guess to kill the monsters. Yeah, I can't uh, explain yeah. that to you right <laughs> yeah. now. I'm trying to think about that exactly. right now. And I've seen this know. several times. So yeah, it, it doesn't have. But yeah, I, I, it's the it's the Doctor Donna interaction. Uh, but yeah, I, I do have a little bit. Low. I have it uh, just above Rise of the Cybermen, below the Unquiet Dead, at number thirty. Uh, <clears throat> the Romans are, are is lower for me. Um, it's in my it's in my romp section. Uh, <laughs> sort of. To be fair, I probably need to see more Ian and Barbara. I just kind of like I was like, oh, Ian and Barbara, I like them, you know. Yeah. So who knows? Oh yeah, I love them. Uh, and, and no, I mean, uh, I, it's it's a solid story. Um, uh, I I I agree. It's not a laugh riot now, but you sort of <laughs> you're sort of like ah, yeah, they thought it was funny, and and uh, you know, and that's like Hart- when I learned what what it was like. Oh, these are Shakespeare's comedies, and was yeah. like, what? <laughs> like you know, some of them are are genuinely funny, and others it's like, well, no one dies, so it's a comedy. <laughs> yeah. No one killed themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah so the Romans is it, but it, it's it's uh, yeah. Again, I like I like it's playing with the format of Doctor Who. It's having uh, I love the William Hartnell is having so much fun. It's infectious. Uh, so yeah, I've got it down by the uh, just below the Stones of Blood, which is also I think a romp. Right? It's Tom Baker having a good time wandering around, you know, arguing with the little flashing lights. So I've got it number forty six uh, below Stones of Blood, just above the demons. All right, well, let me plug in the old supercomputer yeah. here and see what. <laughs> works out so we have 70 shows 70 stories ranked uh so uh yeah fires of Pompeii. we were pretty close on it ends up you had a 30 i had a 38 it ends up tied for 33 mm. with the curse of fenric oh, uh, this favorites. is funny it ends up tied for th- well no okay we agreed on we're obviously the, the curse of fenric guys for new probers uh a classic disagreement <laughs> <laughs> among us john has it ranked 12th and i have it ranked 56 yeah yeah um only and then, the distance is only getting further <laughs> <laughs> so it's tied with that and also with aliens of london world war three that's what yeah, it's tied we're, with. we're in agreement yeah and then the romans uh were a little bit farther apart so it actually ends up kind of close to this i had it 27th you had it 46 it ends up 38th tied mm. with the face of evil and modern undead i'm, I'm okay mm. with that that's fine yeah. again the middle of the pack it's kind of like you know it's fine 
Um, and we still have Inferno, the Aztecs, Blink, Runaway Bride, Tooth and Claw up there at the top. And then we still have uh, Vengeance of Varos, Mind Robber, Fear Her, Time Lash, Edge of Destruction. If you really want a great weekend, that, that's what you want to <laughs> put on those on the old turntable yep. and see what happens. Why is that? <clears throat> Um, you can head over, have a few drinks. Maybe. You can have her over to mindprobe.show to see these rankings. You can sort them. You know, you can see just just mine, just John's. You can see you them uh, together. You, you can filter them by uh, doctor or season if you just want to kind of see like, oh, how are they ranking all of can the you, Can doctors. you look at them in sepia tone? Can you put some, can you give me an old timey photograph? Well, filter you can or, because no. you could screenshot and then put it through your old Instagram no, or something right, like right, that. Do that. Yeah, do that. And, have a good time. By the way, why don't you do that? You could do, you guys could do that. Like obviously subscribe to the show. Also, do you know a friend who might like Dr. Who, um, why don't send them the show, send them an email, say, Hey, head over to mindprobe.show, uh, try it out, hit the subscribe button. Dip in. Mm -hmm. You don't have to start at the beginning, right? I mean, obviously there's a lot of continuity. There was a whole couple of character arcs Porter and I've been through. (laughs) Yes. Um, yes. (laughs) But, uh, but in general, you know, episode to episode, you can dip in and out. You don't have to. Mark Gatiss remains gay throughout all 35 episodes. (laughs) So far. So far. So far. Big 50th episode (laughs) revelation (laughs) when he shows up on the show and has sex with a woman. I guess. But it is true. I do see people uh, when they come to the show, they kind of dip in at different places. Uh, for example, I was just looking at this. Obviously, people go to the beginning and, and yeah. check out the, the first episode. And that, uh, but... then, then there's a huge drop. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. People, so people go through and do it that way, which I, I definitely do with podcasts. I kind of listen to some of the later ones. I'm like, this is good. And then I go to the beginning and go through. Also, there's just individual episodes. People clearly like tune in to certain ones. Um, uh, the one about uh, army of ghost doomsday mm-hmm. um which was like a season ending thing uh and then uh blink people were yeah, interested you know that's a very one. popular episode and actually our most recent recent one voyage of the damned uh big kylie minogue fans <laughs> <laughs> tuning into that one <laughs> and then we're immediately offended by the fact that we had no <laughs> idea who she was or why anyone liked her but go in there and check <laughs> it out uh and and please pass along to your friends if they might be interested john i forgot to mention this to you another thing you can do if you wouldn't mind if you're a fan of the show uh you can follow us on facebook so Ooh, just yeah, uh, right. go on to Facebook, search for No, Not the Mind Probe. And, don't uh, try to you, friend any of us. We're not those kind of people. You can, <laughs> <laughs> no, but but you can like the show. Yeah. And then what you'll do is you'll get like, a, well, you won't. We will put out a post that tells you when the yeah. new show comes out, whether you'll see that post. Well, that's up to uh, the it's gods of Facebook. Spend time on Facebook, yeah. Uh, but you can go there, and that is also a good place if you want to like leave a comment about the show. That's a that's a that's a place to do that there. So um, so have fun doing that, and we will look at them. Uh, John, yep. what do we have in store for next episode? Uh, next episode, uh, well, the the fan clamor was heard. The Ood are back. Uh, yeah, we returned. We we go to the planet of the Ood. A great sci fi title, if I've ever heard one. Uh, the next in the now the Doctor. Ood were those squid people. Yeah, yeah, little, yeah. The, the the ones that were in the black hole. Uh, uh, yep, the squid people that work for Satan. Uh, Probers, if you haven't kept up with the series, that's going to sound out there, but just <laughs> <laughs> that may sound unusual. It's yeah, not. the black hole people that work for Satan. Uh, yeah, so we visit the planet of the Ood. Uh, now we've paired that, and this is going to be one where the connection will be apparent once you've watched both episodes. Okay, uh, it's less a thematic connection and more of a a single. Uh, I don't want to say prop, but a single element uh, you will find in common. So uh, we've paired this with um, 
the seventh Doctor episode, Time and the Ronnie. Uh, a rather infamous episode. Uh, and just uh, one note on this. This is the first episode with the seventh Doctor. Uh, and open. Yes, yeah, so McCoy. It opens. Uh, so this came after Trial of the Time Lord and after Colin Baker, the sixth Doctor, was fired. Uh, so it opens with the regeneration uh, from the sixth into the seventh. Um, and you will... Well, I'll just leave you to watch it. We'll talk about it at, at great length. It's a, it's a rather infamous moment in this series. Uh, but yes, Time and the Ronnie, uh, Seventh Doctor's first uh, story. So we, we actually, we just did Battlefield. So we're back to the Seventh. So we, we're heavy Seventh Doctor stories is, uh, is the opening here. Well, stay tuned. That'll be in your podcast devices around May 24th, mm-hmm. two weeks time. Uh, John, we had a lot of fun traveling to the Roman Empire and talking about the past, but I say, forget the past, John. Yeah. We're going to move to the future. Yeah. We just got to move. Yeah. We can't keep getting there. <clears throat> we got to keep, we can't just get stuck and say, and look backward. You got to look forward. Yeah. That's what, that's where the Romans went wrong. They were like, let's just stay Romans. Like, we'll stay in ancient <laughs> yeah. Rome. And just exactly. like, no, you guys got to, you got to move forward. You got to. People are like, vision. but we have iPads now. And they're like, I, <laughs> I just want to be a Roman. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Like, all right, you're going to get eaten by lions and overrun by lava. That's going to happen. Like, just do this job retraining program and then you won't have to be eaten by a lion. And they're like, no, I don't want to do I'm not interested in coding in your yeah. code boot camp. Well, you're, you're showing your conservative stripes. You're saying the poor, you're like, hey, poor people. Yeah. You, don't, you don't want to get eaten by lions? Do this job. And you're like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> I can confirm to you that probably a fair amount of people who vote Republican, if you're like, look, we might just release lions and kill anyone <laughs> who's poor. They'd be like, well. Not right. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I don't hate the idea. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll let it ride. Let's see what's going on here. See, I am more on the left wing, John. So I would like to subsidize the lions. I'd yeah. like to. I'd like yeah. to huh. let not the lions. Cho- First of all, I'd like to let the lions choose their own pronouns. I yeah. prefer yeah. the lions might be they or them. Or yeah, Zim. I feel guilty for all the lions that the Romans killed centuries ago. Right. This is my ooh lion my, reparations. Yeah, lion reparations. It's time. Ooh, it's time. Interesting. Well, they'll find out in the future. Future, future, future. By the way, we'll never release video of these shows, but John and I, since we're on video, kind of dance not unlike Muppets to all this music. (laughs) Exactly. Mind Probe.show.